the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. You know from your Hispanic friends how important it is when a young woman turns 15 to have her quinceanera. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm saying it exactly right, but I'm doing my best. And um, it's basically like a rite of passage party for 15-year-olds. Kind of like the bar mitzvah, the bat mitzvah, if you're Jewish. Don't so, go elaborate. Uh, like they'll, they'll throw oh, like, it's a, like wedding. a wedding. Yeah. Well, Adriana gave up her dreams of having one after her family spent four months living in their car after dad lost his job during the pandemic. And little did Adriana know that a group of volunteers at Miami Rescue Mission, they had gotten them into a little apartment that, mm-hmm. that could be out of the car. They started planning the 15th birthday party of her dreams. She wore a hot pink chiffon dress. <laughs> a makeup artist and a hairstylist donated their services. Oh. And then the party had a Paris theme complete with macarons and little Eiffel Towers on the tables. But the best part was dancing with her dad. Oh. Isn't that so cool? What a great time. It love took that like story. 50 volunteers to pull this off. Yeah. It's because, you, like you said, it's like throwing a quinceanera is like throwing a wedding. I, I love that story. What a great story. Hey, do you have a millennial in your family? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Coming up where most of them are living right now. Do you have anyone in your family who was born between 1981 and 1994? Oh, yeah. There's something very unique about millennials' living conditions right now. They are living in their teenage bedrooms. <laughs> I'm talking tricked out with trophies and posters on the wall of their teenage idols, uh, boy bands, whatever it is. Does this mean that um, when you say their teenage bedrooms, does that mean they're living with mom and dad or oh, they've yeah. recreated their no, teenage bedroom li- in their tiny No, home? they moved back into their literal <laughs> okay. teenage bedroom that was a time capsule because mom mm-hmm, and dad left mm-hmm. it the way they left, you know, with the, the trophies, everything. Yep. Uh, most of them... These millennials are so grateful for virtual background on Zoom (laughs) because their pink decor, baseball themed bedrooms and glow in the dark stars on the ceiling would be super embarrassing. Their their Green Day poster. Yes. More than half of 18 to 29 year olds are currently living with their parents. Hmm. That's the largest number since the Great Depression. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's COVID. Yeah. if we saw you in your teenage bedroom, what would it look like? Oh, that'd be fun. You want to share what yours would look like? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm not proud. I'll share mine really in a couple of, of minutes. That'd be fun. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Okay. So this would be fun. A little walk down memory lane. We'd love to hear from you. What was the decor like in your teenage bedroom? Will we be shocked at what uh, you had on your bedroom walls? Absolutely not. (laughs) That's how exciting I am. All right, we'll hear from Taylor. I'll I'll share what was on mine, too. Coming up in just a minute. So this is fun. We're talking about what was on your bedroom wall when you were... When you were a teenager, what, what was what did your decor? room look like? What did your room look like? <laughs> we and, had to broaden it and, for that. And for it me. Lo- looked like a bomb went off is not appropriate. We want to know about what what was the decor mm-hmm. like? What what was your aesthetic? 
My, and mine would have been, bomb just went off. Mine was a total wreck. But what, what did you have? What was yours like, Dad? Uh, well, it's funny. This brought up something that I never really noticed before about my childhood, but it was so normal and acceptable for our family that I never thought it was weird. And that was, we always switched around bedrooms. Mm-hmm. So, for example, when we first moved into our house in Jupiter, Florida, it was... My second, the second oldest sister with one of the twins in one room, me, the middle kid with a twin in another room because my mom had to separate the twins or they'd talk all night. (laughs) And then the oldest sister in her bedroom. There were three. Uh And as each sister graduated from high school and went off to college, we would then graduate up. Like, so, you know, eventually, Mm -hmm. but there was never a discussion about how would you like to decorate your room? There was no repainting. There was no new bedspread. (laughs) There was no, like, I'm going to put this poster on the wall. It just was however mom had decorated the room the day we moved in. That's how it stayed. That's how really? it looks to this day. So you didn't get to put your personal stamp uh-uh. on it. I mean, I had, no... I had like a little tiny shadow box that I hung on the wall that mom let me hang there. Wow. And I had some collectibles okay. in there, but I was, think I, back, was pretty think boring. Think back to you, mm-hmm. your teenage years, if you could have put a poster of like your favorite artist, your mm-hmm. favorite musical artist, who would, who would have been on your walls? Bar none. It would have been... Stephen Curtis Chapman. <laughs> really? And so fast forward to when I got married and he ran down a church aisle and gave me a high five. It was like one of the best days of my life. Now, oh, it wasn't like a crush kind of thing. I'll never watch this It was again. just loving his music uh-huh. kind of thing. Oh, sure. Yeah, That's no. your story and you're sticking to it. No, that, that, that mullet t- didn't if we, do it. If we get a chance to talk to him again, I'm totally outing you. Be like, you know what? Taylor said she didn't have any posters on her on her wall mm-hmm. when she was a teenager, but if yeah. she could have, it would have been you. <laughs> you know how that'll 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 he'll milk that for a month and a half. <laughs> All right, so we got to hear your posters okay, in a minute, or All do you right. want to do it now? No, I'll I'll share mine in a couple of minutes. Okay. We'd love to hear from you too. What was your bedroom decor like in your teenage years? This is fun. We're taking a walk down memory lane. What was what was your bedroom decor like when you were a teenager? And like I said earlier, a bomb went off. That was pretty much my bedroom. I mean, it was a wreck. <laughs> I mean, like to my daughter Amber, her her bedroom was always a wreck, and it's like the apple doesn't fall far uh-huh. from the sloppy tree. Now we know where tree. she gets it, right? So, um, but on the walls. Uh, were posters I was so into, like I am now so into music. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was just like my world revolved around music. So I had three posters on my bedroom wall. See if you know who they were. First up was... Do you know who this is? No. 80s hair band. (laughs) I have no idea. It's Bon Jovi. That was Bon Jovi? Bon Jovi poster up. I know a lot of Bon Jovi songs, but not that one. Had this band. Sister Christian, all the time has come. Night Ranger, who is still to this day my wife's all-time favorite band, bar none. I thought that was a TV show about a guy who talks to his car. No. What? Night Ranger. No, that was Night Rider. Oh. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Whoops. Okay, maybe I can guess the last one. What's the last poster? Play this. Song. Here's the last one. <laughs> Nothing. Oh my gosh, no. The theme song from some kind of wonderful. <laughs> I don't know what is it. Who is that? You seriously don't know what this song is. It's 
It's such a popular song and such an influential band that Christian artists did a tribute album to that band to oh. raise money for Africa. Is it you too? Yes! Oh my <laughs> gosh! <laughs> They, you know, they were almost as if big you as your favorite secret. If you had British the Chapman. chorus in the name of love, then I could have gotten it, but not just from the <laughs> intro. It's an iconic intro. Does everyone know that but yes, me? Yes, everyone but you. Everyone but you knows that. Yes. <sighs> Great. <laughs> well, that's what makes me unique. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So today I learned uh, this story caught my eye because I think moms are superheroes. And also my dad briefly, he's a civil engineer. He briefly worked for NASA. So this is a, a story of her name's Judith Love Cohen, and she's a famous NASA scientist. And get this, the day she was supposed to go, she was going into labor. She started having the pains, labor pains with her fourth child. She goes to work and she grabs um, this sheet, a printout of a problem that she was working on, heads to the hospital, gives birth to her son and then calls her boss and says, I solved the problem. <laughs> I mean, who in that much pain could solve a scientific problem? And she's most famous for um, the abort guidance system, which rescued the Apollo 13 astronauts. Wow. And that day when she gave birth to her fourth son happened to be a famous actor, Jack Black. It's his mama. It's no Judith. Huh. Isn't that so cool? So is that like the modern day equivalent of you always hear the story of the woman out on the prairie? Mm-hmm. And her diary, she put like milk the cows, gave birth, plowed the fields. Pretty much, that's <laughs> Judith Cohen. Yeah, that's can the you modern, imagine modern version of that? <laughs> I can't do math problems when I'm seated in a quiet room, let alone right with a calculator, giving labor, saying push. Okay, I think. Oh wait, carry the one. Good thing they didn't ask her to show her work. <laughs> So I did it again. I ordered something from one of those sketchy Instagram ads. You ever do that? One time I ordered something. Wait and wait for forever Mm -hmm. for it to come. And what I ordered was not what I ordered, but I'm not even going to try to return it because who knows where it is. Tell you what happened next. So you think I would have learned by now about ordering things from these uh, somewhat sketchy Instagram ads that come up, but they, they look so good and they've got videos. People are so happy with the products that they're ordering. Remember I ordered that thing at Christmas for Tracy and I to make a plaster cast of our hands holding hands Oh yeah, yeah. and all that showed up was like some powder packets with no instructions <laughs> whatsoever. Right, they just like this white powdery substance just showed up from China and we were like, oh, <laughs> did you ever, did you ever make it? No. Hmm. Is it okay to say how much you spent on that? It wasn't that much. No, no, I think it was like thirty bucks or something like that. Okay. I mean, I'd rather have my thirty dollars. Yeah, but I also yeah. I'm fearing like we'd get the ratios of this powder wrong and we wind up with a nasty rash in our hands for months. So we're not going to try that. Um, but my next purchase was um, my my Greyhound Cesare. I love him so much, but if there's one flaw with him. You cannot leave your tennis shoes around. If you leave your shoes lying around, he will he won't chew them completely up. He'll just like put a notch in the heel or on the tongue of the shoe, which mm. makes him look like, you know, shoes you would do yard work in and that's it. So yeah. he he did that to my favorite pair of tennis shoes. Oh man. And then magically, because they're watching every move we make, Instagram ad comes up for these 
super light, memory foam, super comfy tennis shoes that sound a lot like the pair that he chewed up. So I was like, I think I'm in. They had a pair that looked very similar to the tennis shoes he chewed up. So I, I find my size. And unlike most of the sketchy websites, they even had half sizes. If you've ever ordered shoes from one of those websites, a lot of times they only have whole sizes. So you take I a had risk. no idea. That's yeah. funny. It sounds like I'm way better at this than you are. Or maybe I'm way worse at it than you are. <laughs> Anywho, so I, I order a black pair, and then and then a little pop-up comes up. For just $15 more, you can get a second pair. All right. I mean, 15 bucks more, I get two pairs. So I, I got a different pair in a different color. So I'm waiting. That was like two months ago. I honestly thought, kiss that money goodbye. They're never showing up. Well, lo and behold, they showed up the other day. All you right. Know, from China. Maybe mm-hmm. they were caught in that... Suez Canal Jam or something yeah. getting here. I don't know. Um, but they showed up and one pair is correct and the other pair is a color like that I would have never, ever ordered. But the idea of trying to track them down oh, and yeah. figure out who they are, where they are, and get the other pair, that ain't happened. No. <laughs> so I'm just going to adjust. But that's my latest well, Maybe sketchy. it'll broaden your color palette horizons. You ever get that news from a friend that you just didn't expect and they say... I'm moving away. We're moving. And mm. you're like, no. You're happy for them and sad for you. We're going to talk about that next. I don't know if you've had this happen to me, to you. I feel like it's happened to me one too many times where you're just getting together with a friend or talking to them on the phone and you think it's going to be one of those awesome, normal times together. And they're like, hey, I need to tell you something. What? We're moving. And you're like, no. And that happened to me the other day. My friend Jamie, uh, we've been friends since our freshman year of high school when I started at this new school. And she's like, guess what? You live in the house that my dad built that I used to live in. Mm. I'm like, no way. Mm. And um, we became friends and we've been friends all these years. And um, then you go to the same college, too. No, no, I wanted to go to the same college with her oh, okay. and be a roommate. But my parents had other plans for okay. me. I'm sorry. But, didn't mean yeah. to distract you. No, no, it's okay. We've been friends this whole time. And um, anyway, when she told me, you try to be all like, like, this is all, this is all about her. This is all about them. They're following their dream. They're moving. <laughs> where, and, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, are you going to be coming back for visits? <laughs> right. Emotionally, you're like holding onto her leg. <laughs> She's walking you can away. Stay with us. I even did the typical. I, there's another one of her friends named Sherry. And I tried to act so like I've, I've got this. I can handle this that I went. Oh man, how did Sherry take the news? Did Sherry cry? And I totally mocked Sherry, and then I cried. To cover up your own emotion. (laughs) I tried to act like I was so like, oh, I'm just nothing but happy for you guys. And then I'm like... (laughs) I'm so happy for you. Yeah, moving on to a better life without me. Because I don't know about you, you can take every FaceTime, every video chat, every Mm -hmm. phone call, every Facebook, Instagram... TikTok post. I like face to face. It's my favorite. Is this for a job? Is this just because they want to live somewhere um, else, somewhere, somewhere they, fabulous and better? Yeah, they used to live um, at a, on a beach, and mm-hmm. they they kind of abandoned those dreams because it wasn't the best thing for their family. And now they're going back, oh, okay. and so they already have friends there. They already have a church they're going to go to. But you don't have thing. me. <laughs> I'm up there. <laughs> 
best part was me mocking her friend. <laughs> right. I bet you Sherry cried. Yeah, I said Sherry. it just like that. Sherry's so self-centered. How did Sherry wimp. take it? And she goes, <laughs> Sherry moved like a year ago. Oh, <laughs> We're following her. <laughs> oh, I hate that Sherry. I hate Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're happy for your friend and sad for, sad me. for you. Yes. <laughs> Can I encourage you a little bit about your friend moving away? It's sure. ironic you brought that up because just last night we got a text from our old neighbors. We moved into our new house mm, probably six or seven years ago. And uh, we had great neighbors, Becky and John. And it was one of the, one of the sad things about moving away was yeah. we were losing them. We have great neighbors now, but we were sad to lose them. Just last night, out of the blue, got a text from Becky. Hey, are you guys fully vaxxed? Because we just got our second one and we'd love to see you all. And it's been forever since yeah. we've talked to I've them. I've got a so lot of like, friends yeah, that I stay totally in touch get, with. Yeah. Totally we'll get, get in touch with you guys. We'd love to see y'all. So. This is like hours and hours. This is like overnight guests far away that they're moving, not just... We haven't had time well, to get to together. You said they're moving to the beach. You play this right. You got a free place to stay at the beach, and that's not too bad. <laughs> they actually invited us already, and so yeah, then we said, go. "Well, you can come stay with us when you come back to visit friends here." So. You didn't lose a friend; you gained a beach house. <laughs> <laughs> it's all how you look at it. Perspective. Are you a person who just cannot stand being late? It's one of my pet peeves. You're not alone. Totally the, is. The average adult starts to get really stressed if we're this many minutes late. When does it really start to bug you? From, I'm weird. For me, if it's not five minutes early, I'm stressed. That's how most so, people feel. Uh, late? I don't know. Chronically late people start getting stressed. At seven minutes. Seven minutes. The types of things we get most stressed about being late to, job interviews came in third place. Second place went to the airport. I mean, no one wants to miss their flight and not be able yeah. to get out. Uh, number one went to medical appointments. Yeah. It doesn't stress me out as much because they usually keep you waiting anyway. Close to half of us feel like on time is late. And the only acceptable time is early. The top excuses we give for being late, traffic, alarms not going off, and the car not starting. Now, our producer, Griffin, he, like to me, is like the earliest ever. He considered, he's like you, Kev, early is on time. Mm -hmm. And he's like so early. It makes for me, I like squilling in right on time. It makes <laughs> life so much better to be early. I would mm -hmm. rather, I just, my son, we gave him tickets to a game the other day. And I said, here's what you want to do to get there. And you want to be there by this. The doors open at 7. You want to be in the parking lot at 630 because the last thing you want to be is stuck in traffic going, are we going to make it? Be there at 630. Gates open at 7. Games at 8. You're good to go. That's just, just the way to roll, man. That, that, that's, that's by the way, learned the hard way <laughs> by being that. Try to jam everything in and cut it to the last minute. You want to be miserable. Do that. <laughs> Imagine this for a minute, and just to, we're going to talk about this. Coming up, how weird would it be if there was a rumor that there's money, wads of cash, hidden in your house? Mm, I'd tear that house up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Can you imagine if there was a rumor going around that there was cash, a bunch of wads of cash hidden in your house? I mean, Kev, you were saying earlier... You'd tear that place apart, right? Yeah. That happened to a family in Massachusetts. They hired carpenters and woodworkers to see if they could get the money. No success. I mean, they dug around. They kept trying to find it. Finally, they hired a treasure hunter who went up in the attic with his metal detector. He got a couple of signals. 
got out an endoscope camera and found a metal box, opened it up, and inside, you want to guess how much cash was in there? That would be really sad. $50,000 cash. Wow. The rumors were true. 50 grand. I I just want to know what the treasure hunter got paid. Like, what was his take on the 50? That's sweet. That's incredible. I get excited if I find like five bucks. I know. Gene's doing the laundry with $50,000. $50,000 just hidden in the attic. I love that story. That guy found 50 grand hidden in his house. Wow. They had to hire a treasure hunter. I wonder what that would do to your Zillow value. (laughs) Would that add 50 grand? So uh, here's my question, though. I I don't know anybody that's found 50 grand, but I do know people that have found. They've found money before. Are you one of those people that's ever found a lot of money? Or you have that moment where you reach in a pocket doing the laundry and you feel it's paper money and you're like, ooh, what's it going to be? Inevitably, it's a buck. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. never like a 20. But what's the most amount of money you've ever found? So we're talking about something really cool happening. Finding money. Have you ever found money? There's that story of the guy found 50 grand in his house. Man, that's the kind of house I'm looking for. <laughs> it's, the kind of, it's the kind of house flip I'm looking for. Somebody hit $50,000. Nice. I think we've all found like you know a couple of bucks doing the laundry or whatever. But my, I think my biggest haul of finding money was um, was at the beach one time. And it was real early in the morning. It was just me and my buddy there. And uh, so I'll, it was clearly money floating in the water. And I was like, ooh. So the race is on between me and my friend Donovan swimming for this bill, which we're, we didn't know how much it was. It was 10 bucks, man. And just it, floating in the ocean. Floating in the ocean. At that time of my life, $10. That's a lot of money. was a lot of money. As a matter of fact, back then, that's how long ago it was, you could fill your tank. <laughs> Whoa. That is a long time so, ago. Yeah, at 18 years old, that was like, oh, man. It might as well have been $50,000 yeah. as far as I was concerned. That's just cool. floating in the ocean. I feel bad for whoever's pants they fell out of, but I'm happy for you guys. Yeah, and if there had been anybody else there, I'd have been like, hey, did anybody mm-hmm. lose 10 bucks? Or I might have been like, hey. Uh, anybody lose 10 bucks? <laughs> now, I would have tried to find who, who it was. Who knows? That $10, could it could have floated all the way from China. <laughs> Get it? Because they don't use dollar bills there. <laughs> all right. So, uh, how much money have you found? What's the most money you've ever found? Give us a call. Kayla, where'd you find some money, girl? Well, I was at Target, was getting in my car, talking to my husband about finances and paying for my daughter's dance and i looked underneath my tire where my buggy was and there was a hundred dollar bill underneath my tire Get no out. way a hundred bucks yeah a hundred dollars and that was exactly what i needed to cover the cost of dance so my husband and i prayed about it and we felt as though maybe it was something that you know god was like somebody didn't need it and it came our way and we just prayed, and we didn't feel guilty. What a great story. Thanks for sharing that with us. We really yeah, appreciate thanks, Kayla. you hanging out and listening to the Kevin and Taylor show. Listen to it every day, all day. I happened to be at a pharmacy yesterday, and um, you know how they have those really high counters sometimes at pharmacies you can't see? They're like kind of elevated. Yeah, uh-huh. that's, the, that's the deal that was going on. And, and I said, got there, and I said what I needed, and they said, okay, we'll sit down for a minute. We'll, we'll get it for you. I said, great. So I sat down and I was kind of out of view of that elevated counter. And there were two people back there, the pharmacist and then someone else working on, it looked like a display, like one of those big, intricate cardboard displays. And all of a sudden you hear this loud crash, like Uh the display came crashing down. And the person that was working on it 
let out a string of rickety schmickety schmacks that would Uh-oh. make us that would make a sailor bra blush. <laughs> no. And she looked over the counter and saw me, and she goes, "How much of that did you hear?" I said, "Not a word." Oh, that was nice. <laughs> that was grace in action she goes, right there. Thank you. I said, "You want know honestly?" Um, that that for a long time was one of one of the things I was working on. And I said, and "I I just sprained my ankle the other day." And I was very proud of myself that the only thing I let out was a very loud, sweet and sour chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. So it's my dad's favorite dish. <laughs> <laughs> I stole that from Phil Dumphy. Remember a modern family he used to say that if something bad happened? Yeah. <laughs> goes, sweet and sour There's chicken. There's some really good ones on Seinfeld, too, like Boutros, Boutros, golly. Yeah, if I had to remember that, and I might have let that Ma out, too. And Stuff like that. Might have yeah. let all those out, too. But anyhow, it was, just, it was one of those moments where, you know, you think you're alone. You think no uh, one's around. And she was not having a good day. These little eyes come up over the counter. How much of that did you hear? <laughs> <laughs> if there's one thing parenting is, it's uh, sacrificial. Hmm. And our producer, Griffin, and his wife, Sarah, have a five-year-old and a four-year-old. And we get to have a little peek behind the curtain of what it's like to ride in the car with him and his kids. In just a minute, he recorded what it sounds like. (laughs) That's coming up next. So, uh, Griff, we're going to get a peek inside your car. You recorded your kids while you guys were out and about? Yes, I did. You do know there's coming a day in the not very distant future where you're going to have to get their permission to record and then Mm -hmm. play it back on the radio. It's not that far in advance. (laughs) Well, until then, I can still share with you guys, right? Yay! (laughs) Yeah, my daughter Eloise, she's four. She's really is uh, big on the song right now, If All the Raindrops... Were lemon drops and gum drops. I remember standing yeah, outside with my mouth open wide. Boy, I remember that one. Yeah. <laughs> I remember from Barney. That's Barney singing it. Yeah. yeah. And my daughter loves it. She sings it all the time. Obviously, she sings it when we're in the car, just driving around. That's <laughs> so cute. Somehow on the recording, it doesn't, uh, I'll be honest, it doesn't sound as bad as it does in person. <laughs> in person, it's just like kind of nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> so there's no like listening to your tunes or a podcast or talking to your wife. Right, there's it's none just, of that. Yeah, I can't oh. even have a conversation with my wife. You have kids, that's gone. That's done. <laughs> and if she hears us talking, she'll do the ah, 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 just louder and louder and louder. <laughs> Because so, yeah. she wants your attention. Probably. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. How old is she again? Eloise? Four. four? four yeah. You can get away with that when you're four. Imagine next time you're on a Zoom call and you don't you don't feel like listening to what's going on. You just start going, ah, 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 I'm thinking their boss is probably going to call you afterwards and say, like, hey, is everything okay? <laughs> Whoever wrote that song, do you think they've ever had their house egged? <laughs> So uh, Vincent Van Gogh, the uh, famous artist, right? Interesting name. And uh, somebody sent me a meme of um, Vincent Van Gogh's family tree. For instance, what was the name of his dizzy aunt? Vertigo. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What what was the name of his brother who ate a lot of prunes? I gotta go. Gotta go. (laughs) Got a whole list of Vincent Van Gogh's family tree, and they only get better from there. Dad joke alert. Coming up next. 
So our friend Rose, who listens to the Kevin and Taylor show every day and loves my dad jokes, said, I have got some dad jokes for you. And she sent me this whole list. It's supposed to be Vincent Van Gogh's family tree. His brother ate too many prunes. Gotta go. (laughs) See if you can guess the rest of them. You ready? The brother who worked at a convenience store. Oh, um, pick up and go. Uh, Stop and go. Stop and go. (laughs) His magician uncle. Why is this? Where did he go? (laughs) His Mexican cousin, Vincent Van Gogh's Mexican cousin. (laughs) I don't know why I'm not getting these. Amigo. Oh, Amigo. <laughs> the Mexican cousin's American half-brother. Mexican cousin? I don't know. Gringo. <laughs> oh, my gosh. few more Vincent Van Gogh's family tree. Uh, nephew who drove a stagecoach. Wells Fargo. Ah. His constipated uncle. <laughs> Can't go. Can't go. <laughs> I thought they were supposed to be real names. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. His bird lover uncle. I don't know. Fleming. Go. go. <laughs> the aunt who always had something positive to say. Way to go. <laughs> Oh my gosh. This is a no go. <laughs> okay, uh, two more. Two more. The sister who loved disco dancing. Disco? Disco dancing. She loved disco dancing. I said that was my answer. Disco. disco. No, it's go go. And then go-go. the the little bouncy nephew. I don't know. Pogo. <laughs> how hard you're laughing, his face is bright red. Okay. All right. Wow. One more. There's one more. One more. Thanks, Rose, one more. for one more. sending these. His niece who loved Vincent Van Gogh's niece who loved to see the country in her RV. I don't know. Winnie Bago. <laughs> there you go. You're smiling. There you go. <laughs> Did you hear the big news? They figured out the secret to romance in marriage. This is more important than all the other factors that weigh in, and it is a well-rested wife. (laughs) They say women who get more and better sleep have much better romance in their marriage. They say sleep is even more important than other major factors like communication and exercise, according to this brand new research. And so they said, hey, husbands, if there's anything you can do to help your wife get a good or better night's rest, like maybe some taking some things off her plate... Um, that would be a good thing. So rather than a dozen roses, she'd like a, a dozen hours of sleep. Exactly. <laughs> Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.